we're still talking about inerrancy and the inspiration of Scripture. This is part two of Unholy Triple. <laughs> Welcome to Tipsy Theology. So, Trey, I think you're wrong. That's how you want to start this? <laughs> Good. I think you're wrong, too. Thank pour you. me a drink. <laughs> I love that that's my character. <laughs> pour me a drink. Alcohol. I need... Now. I need alcohol. Alcohol. What do you want to start with? I think we go. All right. So, it's tequila. Yeah. Tequila special you know today. What? We start with the best, you know, start right. with the, the longest aged one. This one. Is one of my favorites. Well, we haven't had this specific one yet. We haven't had it on here yet. You've had the Anejo? Oh, You've had yeah, the Anejo without yeah. me? No, no, no. no. Not, I mean, before. Not like this bottle. Because this was the first tequila I've ever technically had. You've had Espolon Anejo. Yeah. Wow. We're not I used to bad. own a bottle. I'm about to walk out. Back in Ohio. <laughs> I guess more for me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's rude. Pour it up, though. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, so tequila special. We're going to start with Anejo, go with Reposado, and yeah. then go Blanco. So if those of you who aren't familiar with the tequila jargon, Anejo is... In this, hopefully they can see it, in this beautiful artwork. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful bottle if you're watching on YouTube. It's got the, uh, I forget what this dance is called, but it's it's a, it's a dance of rebellion. That's crazy. Love that. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I love the art. Anyway, so Anejo, I want to say, is aged for at least three months mm -hmm. before it's bottled. Reposado, half of it is aged for at least three months, and then they oh. cut it with Blanco. And Blanco's no age. Blanco's just straight, yeah, straight really? out of the distillery. Yeah. Dang. That's And this one's interesting, too. So this is a bourbon barrel one. Yeah. So they age it in bourbon barrels. That's exactly right. Which is pretty nice. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, we like bourbon, so. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. I'm going to take my time with this, okay? You know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? Part two. That's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> it was vanilla. It actually on was. the tongue, but it's getting oakier and oakier. Yeah. It's kind of spicy. That aftertaste is what brings it in. Spicy. Give me another. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, this is the all. <laughs> Let's just take a tequila shot every five minutes. So I I did tell you, you guys don't know this. I told Trey beforehand. So I bought that bottle. It's hard to find down here in the old mid florida but i found it and then i hid it from myself <laughs> because it i really enjoyed a lot and i want to find an excuse to drink it <laughs> but i'm like no i need to save it for the pod <laughs> <laughs> we got this old vanilla boy oh yeah milagro from the uh unofficial first episode yeah you remember that Paul? oh that's right no i thought we did another one with it we might have i i just i just I do I remember it from vaguely, the unofficial. Vaguely remember it from the unofficial episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you guys don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to build the mystery of what, what happened on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're finally going to hear it one day and be like, that's why they didn't post it. <laughs> I get it. Yep, Hence, I, unofficial. I <laughs> but that's fun. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know how much I want to get in. Started off with just uh, so good. I'm so I love these bottles. Mm. 
But it's been great. So I'm speaking someone in the future, in the past, because part one just came out today. That's true. Of inerrancy. Mm-hmm. And here we are, part two. And uh, I've had some great responses from people, too, already. Yeah? Which is pretty cool. It was really exciting, the fact that I'm hearing responses and seeing feedback from you guys, um, and we're getting ready to film this one. <laughs> yeah. It was it's, actually it's like really cool. Getting responses as we're going into film, part yeah. two. Yeah. Because it's actually changed my game plan a little bit as far as like, oh. Oh, no. Wait, you're changing it up what we talked about? Only slightly. Not. I mean, it's pretty much. It's pretty much the That's same thing. So unfair. It, it's it's kind of going down the same direction. I was like, oh, I should probably emphasize. We should put some more emphasis on some of these things instead. Yeah. Um, just based on what you guys said, you wanted to hear. I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. So I'm excited. Well, but so I mean, I'm not really straying from what we talked about. Because if you guys don't know, we actually try to discuss these beforehand now, so we have an idea of what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you want to give kind of a recap from episode one on, on I think some of the things that we're, we're you know we don't want to you know beat anything with a beat beat the dead horse yeah so just kind of restate what we talked about so we can go beyond yeah I think that's that great and so the last one is interesting because I know we talked about I'll, I'll say this because I think this is the big this is the big thing I'll pull my notes up for this um. You went down the shot while you're doing that? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. That's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how different that flavor is to you between the two of them. Yeah. Do you want to pour this one? Yeah, I will. Sweet. You uh, find your notes. Yeah, it's got... I love that. Um, So, well, the first thing I'll... I, I think we both agreed on this as well. So I'll start with that one. <laughs> um, the Bible is not above God's authority. Yep. I think I think I can safely say that one, <laughs> which is which is a place that we both agree. And I think that's that's probably the most important thing. When we place the Bible above God, um, there's a problem there, regardless of your view of inerrancy or inspiration. Do you think that is a problem? What saying it's above? Do you, do you think there's Christians out there that that almost equate God in the Bible, mm. like the authority, as far as the biblical biblical authority is above God, equal to equal to. Um. So I think what's interesting is I think that is kind of the common. I think that's a common claim, as far as I love that we're matching ties yeah, too. <laughs> I mean, what what do you think about that? So I would say. I think that's kind of the idea people have behind, especially absolute inerrancy. Yeah, and for th- I, I think absolute yeah. inerrancy necessarily assumes that yeah the Bible is on the same plane as as God because it's literally from the mouth of God. You know? Yeah, and it, it's saying that so absolute inerrancy is is the ba- the basic claim of it is that everything in Scripture, every single word, everything mentioned, said thought about is all true yeah and if there's a disagreement with anything outside of it then whatever like if science today said oh actually that's this thing that they believe back then they talked about isn't true um doesn't matter science is wrong the bible is right that's what absolute inerrancy believes a lot of people believe that it's true and i think that's where we talked about this i think that's kind of 
when people think inerrancy, that's where they go to. Yeah, I, I mean that's what yeah. I assume. Yeah. Okay, and I know I don't I don't go there personally, um, but I still hold a higher view of inerrancy than you do. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. That's the Blanco? <laughs> I usually like that, but that not was... after the other two. I actually really liked it. Yeah. There is a little bit of a sour note at the after on the aftertaste because was, of the yeah. other two. The other two were spicy. Yeah. And vanilla-y, and that one was I wonder if it's because it was sweeter, maybe. Yeah. It kind of they kind of mixed in a weird way. Well, that um, was that was an interesting experiment. That was. That was the first time we've done all tequila. Yeah, from special. different levels of aging. We just keep doing special episodes. We should. All our episodes are just so special. We're gonna do the the all absent special. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for that one. That was Another one absent. Time. <laughs> well, so if, just um, to... but yeah, so I'll I'll go on. I'll finish real quick. So we talked about inerrancy, inspiration, kind of our definitions, which our definitions differed, I think, as well. Yeah. Which is part of where we're kind of button heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. But overall, the things that we agree on, the Bible is not more powerful than God. <laughs> yeah. That's a good place to be. I think yeah. overall, if there's one theme that we landed on in the last one, that was probably it. I think there's two things we absolutely agree, agree on. Mm. God is absolute, and alcohol <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> oh, we're getting shouts from the crowd. Yeah, we're preaching yeah. in here. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> love it well so if i was to summarize some of my conclusions that i put forth in the last episode mm-hmm. i think i would say uh, i i really liked what i said about how scripture is god breathed as man is god breathed mm. and we don't we don't go around arguing whether or not man is infallible and perfect yeah we know he's incomplete and God is mm-hmm. in a, it, it's a constant progression of being made whole, you know? And I think because I didn't, I didn't like how I said that in the original podcast. That was, that was one of the things I actually wanted to, okay. I have a few things I was like, I want to challenge Trey on some of these thoughts. <laughs> and that was one of them. So yeah, clarify what you, kind of what you meant or say it in a better way. Well, okay. So in Genesis. <laughs> say it better. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get smarter for a second. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, the, the what I didn't like about what I said is that I equated man being God breathed to scripture being God. I I, mm-hmm. I actually I don't think I equated it. I think I made scripture less than man being God breathed. And I don't know if. Hmm. Well, as I'm thinking about it in the moment, I think that was appropriate. I think man. Is, I think man in- is a greater creation than scripture. Interesting. Um, I'm not saying I agree with this guy. I think that's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> I feel like I have to, from what people are saying, I have to clarify what I'm what I'm thinking sometimes yeah. when I respond. Um, but oh yeah, because yeah, so, sometimes I say when you say something, I say, "Oh, I like that," but I know I don't agree with it. <laughs> and there's sometimes where I'll say stuff, and afterwards I'm like, "I don't agree with that," <laughs> or I could have said that a lot better, which are some things I wrote down too about myself. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I would say this is what I remember, and this is kind of what I heard you saying. So tell me if this is 
right or wrong or clarified or however you want to do with it. Okay. So what I remember is you saying that, um, so we saw in 2 Timothy 3.16, mm-hmm. Bible loves them 3.16, yep. which is great. We do two teas, remember? Um, so God breathed, man is God breathed, um, was in the creation of it, of man. We see in Genesis, God breathed in a man and man was um, sentient, I guess we could say maybe. Yep. Um, so you're saying that because of that, everything is inspired in some way, but you, you made the claim that the Bible is the most inspired. Of of the sacred text, yeah. Okay. So I guess that but, was that was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so saying that everything is everything is inspired because these two verses use similar phrasings. Mm-hmm. Um, these translated phrasings. Um it's it seems like it'd be like, oh, okay, so everything everything under the sun <laughs> is inspired. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think my challenge to that was like how far do you want to take that? All the way. <laughs> okay. All the way. And so I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out the far I'm sure you can see this coming. I'm gonna throw out the farthest example. So it's yeah. like so you're saying that like Hitler's writings were inspired. No. Cause that, that disagrees with you then. I, I don't think it does because Hitler's writings were evil. But it was still man that wrote it. It wasn't it wasn't Hitler's writings that were evil, it was the spirit behind him that was evil. <laughs> but to make the claim that Everything's inspired because man wrote it. And then, oh, th- I don't like what this man has to say, so it's evil. Mm-hmm. But he's still a man. He's still God-breathed. Mm-hmm. And which, this is a very difficult conversation. Because yeah. I don't think this, some of the things I have to say, I know people are not prepared to hear. <laughs> Even non-Christians probably would sure. not be prepared to hear what I would have to say about Hitler. I got a lot of things to say I about the boy. I don't like the guy. <laughs> I think we can all safely agree we don't like Hitler. Oh, man. He <laughs> Take really, that as a sound bite. <laughs> man, he really grinds my gears. <laughs> to be fair, I'm sure there's some people that love what he wrote, but for <gasps> all intents and purposes, we both disagree with what he had to say. <laughs> I, yeah. But besides, I, I guess the, the point to making that's a far-reaching claim, extreme to put it on, but so... Well, how how do you differentiate this? Yeah, two? yeah, yeah. So the problem here is is now we're getting into uh the the good and the evil, the definitions of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And so my working definition of evil is that it is a privation of the good, which is I think I think that's what Augustine was putting forward was evil is evil is like darkness, and it's like I think C.S. Lewis said it's like cold. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Right. It's, it's just the it's, absence it's the, of. It's the privation of good. Yeah. It's Coldness is the lack of heat. Yeah. And darkness is the lack of light. Mm-hmm. And so when we're working with these things, what Hitler wrote was evil, which means it lacked goodness. And so for mm-hmm. me to say that the Bible is the most inspired, I think, is to say that the Bible is writing a- as a sacred scripture. It holds the most good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, I— I agree with that. So when we but, say we're say we're reading a novel, say we're mm-hmm. reading a slightly Christian novel like John Steinbeck's East of Eden, which has extremely Christian themes throughout mm. the book. That book, I th- man, the way that book impacted me, I can't not say it's inspired. It's, mm. That's an inspired book. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not infallible. It's not inerrant. Uh, and I would definitely not put it on the same level as the Bible, hmm. but there is good in there, and whatever is good, I say we hold on to, 
as the Apostle Paul would say, hold on to the good. Yeah. Because that's what ins- that's what's inspired. Okay, so then there's a difference in what you original originally were saying. What do you think that is? So the difference in there is if it's good, then it's inspired. If it's bad, then it's not inspired. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So then who makes that claim? I, I think uh, because uh, I'm saying I'm saying that from the context of it too is because you know it's like what are you what are you basing it i guess yeah what, where's the basis is there is it a relative basis is it an absolute basis because i think that also goes into other uh, it's very, other sidesteps too I, I, I <laughs> other <think> conversations <laughs> <laughs> i i don't want to respond to this because it's just we're i feel like we we're just our beers yet. <laughs> I, yeah we need to pour the beer before we get so serious but i feel like we're just now we're just tangling up the fishing lines <laughs> because now it's a little outside of the scope of mm-hmm. what we were talking about because, but yeah cuz now i'm thinking well now i need to explain all of these other theologies to understand this and i was like yeah. oh if we get past inspiration of scripture that's like something we really need to get past so we can understand all these other conversations we're having <laughs> but no even inspiration isn't even safe <laughs> it's not safe all of these theologies are intertwined. intertwined i agree yeah and that's the that's the interesting thing about a lot of this stuff is that it all kind of relies on itself in some ways. I think there are things that that is more of the support, the corners, the foundation, the cornerstone of it. I think that, yeah, those things are important. Those things exist, but there are a lot of other things that it relies on in some ways too. And so, just to let's not go into this too much, but I think we okay. all have an in- intrinsic receptiveness to the transcendent. Okay. And I think the Bible hits that vein more than anything else. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I would love. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted. I want to do an episode on that. <laughs> Just yeah, on like I, the good, I, goodness a, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of where I it goes we, down to. Yeah, so, and I think that rejects a lot of you know Calvinistic thought. Mm-hmm. So that that causes complications with a lot of our listeners because you're bringing a lot of Calvinists into this, even though you're not one. <laughs> a lot of your friends are. So yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. But. You know, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take yeah. a strong stance that we have an intrinsic uh, push toward meaning, and mm. I define meaning as hmm. God and as goodness, truth, and beauty. Okay, it, it's an interesting. I'm hearing everyone. I'm hearing like <laughs> all the nippings in my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my ears are pointed now, but it's because I, I feel like there's. This is damn good beer. I love. It. I'm so glad we did part two because worth, of this beer. Worth wasting the cuss word on. <laughs> the only cuss word we're allowed by our producer. <laughs> and you got to use it. <laughs> hey, I beat you to it. That was a really good cheers, by the way. That was a good one. It was so smooth. <sighs> well, I'm having fun today, Paul. I'm. I'm. I want to get this out of the way real th- quick too. I know okay. we're jumping around a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Well, because I'm still, the way we started this episode, like. <laughs> you didn't want me to start with, hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually we talk, we, 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 we just, you know, we talk like culturally relevant things. How, how yeah. are we doing? What's going on in our lives for the first 10 minutes while we're taking shots? We kind of just jumped into it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and, and now we're mo- moving that to now. <laughs> but I never got into the like shift where it's like, all right, take this serious. Let's go as linear as we possibly can so oh, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still in a kind of bouncing around mood. So I'm kind of there too. Now that we've cheersed our beers, <laughs> now we got into it. Everything you heard, we're just rambling on. Now, <laughs> this is the episode is beginning now. Now it's gonna make sense. <laughs> but no, I will say really quick too, because I think this is important. Um, 
and I, I like to I, I want to I kind of reemphasize it a bit more too, and it's in the sense that we don't agree on everything. Not a lot of that's things. That's okay. You know, there's things where people would say that the amount of disagreement might change. Uh, that's another conversation. But as far as like, oh, you're a Christian, you're not a Christian because you believe these things. Like, we can talk about those. That's what we're here for. Ultimately, we're here to have a conversation to discuss these things. If if what we're saying, if I make a claim, if Trey makes a claim that boils your blood, awesome. <laughs> Let's talk about it. If you're like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. Great. Let's try to reason through it. <laughs> and I think that's... No, th- it makes sense. We're right. Well, of course we're right. <laughs> but I think that's the important thing I want to keep coming back to. The fact is that we're not trying to teach anyone. Don't think that we have this insane authority to instruct you on anything. There's things that we've learned that we want to bring out. And I'm sure there's some places where we feel like we have authority to teach. <laughs> I don't know. God, God speaks to me directly on those things. <laughs> yeah. He's talking to me right now. <laughs> um, so let's... But yeah, I, I, I want to get that out of the way because I think that's that's valuable, good. especially from where we're, where we're going into now. Well, hopefully we've caught everybody up on what the last episode was about so we can <laughs> go even further with this stuff. Yeah, let's do it. And I'll, so I'll make, I'll make a personal statement. Yeah. And then I'll make a theological statement. Statement number one. I love the Bible. You love the Bible as well, don't you? Mm-hmm. I hate inerrancy. Hmm. And so I think that's something we'll flesh out a little bit more in this episode. Yeah. And real quick, just for the sake of it, you hate inerrancy. I'm talking about the absolute inerrancy. Okay. Yeah. I want to just get that out of the way because it's like, Cause let's I, keep it defined. I still don't think you're an inerrantist, you know? Okay. You laugh. You remember when I, I messed up with that word last time? I was quoting that guy. You laughed so hard, and I was like, "Paul, that is so cute." Is so, he's my it's number cute. one fan. My number one fan. And we agree on nothing. I love the boy. I love Trey. All right, and so this is this is more of. Oh, no, 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 no. I also have a quote I want to read. Mm. So I'm gonna read the quote first, and then I'm gonna read my statement because I think I don't remember what the quote says, but I think they go together. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> so this this is straight from the Book of Common Prayer. Blessed Lord, who caused all scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly ju- digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Hmm. I like that because it like added a little liturgical element to our so podcast episode. It's kind of beautiful. It was it was beautiful, wasn't it? Very poetic. Yeah. <laughs> it it was. <laughs> so this is what I think about the Bible. And in, in just one sentence. Because you know, I hate the the whole inerrancy debate. I know mm. we've been kind of going back and forth on this whole conversation. Yeah. And maybe it's because I fit in that category of it's irrelevant. Mm. You know, whether or not it is, it's irrelevant. And yeah. And maybe that's because I think to hold uh, an inerrant doctrine just kind of holds us back. It it keeps us from How does it how does it hold us back? Uh, I think it limits our <clears throat> our sight, you know? I think it it, it prevents us from exploring things that God wants us to explore. 
I, I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> I think from my last notes, I never got around to saying it. I think there was a quote in there. Okay, because I know that's part why we're doing part two. There's a lot of things we wanted to say that we never got a chance to say. That's right, yeah. And that's why we're here again. And you guys wanted more. That made me feel good. I just winked at the camera for anyone's listening. Here's to you. <laughs> I'm taking this next sip for you guys. <laughs> yeah. There is something I was thinking about, too, while you're looking through your notes. Um, and I think, I don't remember if I said this to you in conversation, but here's where, and it's funny too, so definitionally, I think we disagree on some things, but <laughs> as general statements, we agree on some of these things, <laughs> uh, which is, makes me kind of laugh a little bit, but one of them is, why do, it's a question, why do we have to make the Bible more than what it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we agree with those things on different on different terms. <laughs> we agree with that statement on different different levels. But I I guess I'm coming from it in the sense of the Bible wasn't written. It wasn't compiled to teach us science. It wasn't compiled to teach us history. It was compiled to show the God narrative. The God story is what I used last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and why does it have to be more than that? Why does it have to be more than teaching us who God is and what he requires, what he wants? Um, you know, who this being is that we we're trying to follow. Yeah. Um but also I'd say in the sense don't make it less than what it is. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So and I knew you wouldn't disagree with that. It's kind of like <laughs> it's defining what is what is that what are those levels? Where is yeah. that boundary at? Yeah. yeah. So you I think you would just you would push it a little higher than I would. Yeah. And so this quote isn't as powerful as I thought it was, but I'll still read it. <laughs> Belief in biblical inerrancy almost always leads to a rigid, rigid mindset and application. And mm. I've seen that to be true. I've seen that to lead to bibliolatry mm. where where yeah. where God and the Bible are equated as equals. Mm. So I'll I'll say it in a different way too. I think this is kind of Correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of what I'm hearing is like, if you, I'll say a lot of things right here. So if you love God more, I shouldn't say more. <laughs> if you love God with your with your head, and you neglect your heart, mm. that leads to legalism. <laughs> yes, and I think that's where that's kind of the direction you're headed with that. When that what that quote is saying, yeah, don't fall into legalism. Don't hold it to the level of like I just need to follow this word for word, and I'm good. I can I can neglect the the emotional the heart side of loving God. When don't neglect that, <laughs> but don't neglect the head side of it either. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it is finding that balance. It's great to dive into. This was actually one of the things I had written in here too. D- it's great to dive. I love people. I love doing it. Dive into scripture. You know really understand who these people were, what was going on, what is the Bible saying, what's the Greek, what's the Hebrew, what's this, what's that. That's awesome. That's great to understanding. But if you do that and you neglect being able to just enjoy what God has done mm, for you, yeah. Then it's like you're missing you're missing half of it at least. 
And I, I really like how you said that because the whole point of Scripture is to point us to God. Yeah. It's it's to point us to enjoying God. Yeah. And which my statement, the statement I wanted to make, the theological statement I wanted to, say, to yeah. make yeah, is yeah. the Bible is an invitation to think about who God is. Mm. But that doesn't. Uh, maybe sit with that for a minute. Sit with that for yeah. a minute. The Bible is an invitation to think about who God is. But. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it doesn't always necessarily give us a good description of who God is. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, I think especially of the Hebrew scriptures, I think we see. I said this in the last episode that I think a lot of the Bible is a lot of psychologizing. It's we mm. are projecting who we want God to be into the text. Mm. And so a lot of the times in the Hebrew scriptures, we see a warrior God. I don't believe in a warrior God. Mm. I believe in a God of nonviolence and peace who is calling all beings to him. Mm. Not, not one over the other. Not Israel over the Gentiles. Not a God that permits Israelites to kill Gentiles for his glory. I don't mm. think God takes glory in that. Yeah. And so it's interesting you said that too, because I've got a little bit of pushback to that. <laughs> and it's tough because it's a it leads into a very big conversation. Okay. And that's that's what's tough about it. It's like this is I think this is the hardest part about doing these podcasts is the scope of it. <laughs> Cuz like you said there's things that lead into other things. Well, cuz we're we're intuitive types. It's so we're true. Kind of, we're just like <laughs> connecting dots all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So actually the one thing I want to say this is actually a pastor on YouTube that I like a lot is Mike Winger. And one of the things that he said which I thought was great was it's really easy to tell a lie in a short period of time. It's really easy to mm -hmm. spread disinformation, misinformation. Yeah. But it's very difficult to tell the truth in a shorter period of time, to yeah. explain the truth. And that's what's that's where the problem we're having right now, too, is where because truth is nuanced. Exactly. It's kind of there's like there's there's levels of gray, there's levels of where does this extend to, where does this mean? But it's really easy if we just wanted to tell lies, we could be yeah. done in five minutes. Well, I'm, think <laughs> I'm thinking about the Emily Dix Dickinson poem. I don't remember what the name of it was, but the, the essence of the poem is truth is not a straight line. Mm. A, a straight line, it goes straight to the devil. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, so the way I explained it to someone, one of our listeners as well, was um, as far as truth, how complicated, to quote Jordan Peterson, it's very complicated. <laughs> That's such a bad impression. Is that but... quoting him if it's just two words? <laughs> it's, it's complicated. so complicated. <laughs> um, but it's true. And I think that <laughs> Well so but, I... And I, I think so I'll I'll say this about it in the sense that truth has to be I believe truth is truth is truth. It's one of my favorite <laughs> sayings. And it's funny because it's using the same two words over and over again. Yeah. But if it's true in one area, it's true in every area. And if it's not, it's not truth. Because truth has to be coherent. Augustine's all truth is God's truth. Yeah. Amen. All right. Yeah. Keep and going. it's like because truth has to be coherent. It has to be non-heretic or non-contradictory. Um, mm -hmm. It has to make sense in every aspect. Otherwise, there's something not true about it. There's, you know, there's a level to what you're claiming that doesn't extend to this area. And it's not true then. Um, and I think that's where it's, that's where it's very complicated because it's it's nuanced. Truth is 
always true. I believe in abs- I'm an absolutist. I believe in yeah. absolute truth. Yeah. But we can't say this one thing and it extends to this. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a very cyclical nature to truth, especially from the human experience. Yeah. I think from God's eye, it's probably pretty linear, but from our eye, our our eye, it's 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 circles. It's just mm. we're circling around the truth constantly. And yeah. Hopefully that circle is getting smaller, but it's always a yeah. circle. Yeah. And I, you know, I I think I told you about how I had that revelation in the shower a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah. where I was like, everything's circular. I was like, even time, we think time is linear, <laughs> but we measure it by an a, a, a literal circle, <laughs> a globe that spins in circles around in a circular fashion around the sun. <laughs> so if that's time is not linear in that way in that sense anyways yeah but i think yeah. This, i think this goes back to bible and its interpretation i think something that's so beautiful about interpreting the bible in a community hmm. is everybody brings something different to the table yeah and so we're all circling around the essence of truth mm. and there it, it, and yet each of our interpretations though they differ mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily make them wrong because right. we're all it's all fitting into that circle. Yeah. And as we continue the circle yeah. gets smaller, but it's never a straight line. Yeah, I agree. And I think to kind of tie that back into what we're talking about here mm. as well as far as Bible goes, that's the reason I think that's part of the reason why there's four gospels. Yeah. There's four gospel accounts because each I mean each person, each gospel writer is making a separate point they're focused on something different than the other ones but in the, it also agrees in the sense that we have different ways of interpreting reality uh, and i know that sounds like a very new agey thing probably <laughs> but in the sense of like we view the world differently because we have different experiences we interpret events differently it might be very minor differences mm-hmm. but we we all view the world slightly differently. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it's like, okay, here's four people, four separate people with their own experiences and their own interpretations of reality telling the same story. Mm-hmm. And they're making separate points. Why? Because they're different people. <laughs> they focus on different things. But I think that's that's something that goes into the validity of who Jesus was and who what he did. Yeah. Well, and... <sighs> You know what? Never mind. We, <laughs> we we have strayed so far from the inerrancy how, talk. How has it already been? <laughs> like, like 40 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up. What did we talk about? I'm not, ready not to wrap really up inerrancy. <laughs> so the one thing I will say, this is one of those things that I want to I wanna correct myself okay. or clarify myself. Yeah. Something I said in the previous one, and I used the argument of cigarette smoking 60 years ago as a way of explaining inerrancy. I want to explain it a little bit better this time, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. So the way I wrote it down this week was um, <laughs> it's the claim, every morning I like to get up and watch the sunrise. So <laughs> I The sun to... doesn't rise. Exactly. Yeah. But what am I, what's my claim? What am I saying? I say I like to get up and watch it. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's the claim that I'm making, and that's whether it's funny. So it's like we say the word sunrise, we know what we're talking about, even though it's not true. The sun doesn't rise. Yeah. 
Derek but spins. because I said that, no one's going to be like, you liar. <laughs> How dare you say that the sun rises, you heretic. It's like you can't say that my claim is wrong. It's full of errors because I never claimed that the sun, ro- the sun rose. I just that was just something I believed that I said in passing. So that that was one of those things that that was one of my I think not pivotal but that was an argument that I was making that I want to clarify a little bit. I think that's a better way to say what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um in the sense that it's important to distinguish between the claims that the Bible is making as opposed to inconsistencies that people believed. Yeah. That they weren't claiming. So it's like in that sentence my claim is that I I like to get up and watch this cosmic event happen every day <laughs> my claim wasn't that the sun actually got up and rose <laughs> well because that's just a continuation of a local truth because we used to believe that the sun rose mm-hmm. not that the earth spinned yeah now we know that the earth spins yes but we continue to use this phrase even yeah. though we know it's wrong but we understand it exactly i don't think that is an argument for inerrancy so the argument inside of there is what is the point? What is mm-hmm. the claim? You can't call me an errant based on something I never claimed, something I believed but never claimed. Yeah. Paul, I'm honestly, I think I'm tired of this conversation. <laughs> just to be just we to barely be blunt, started it. <laughs> I yeah, I know. I, and so well I, I don't I'll, I don't like I don't like thinking in this in the inerrancy errantist terminology because i don't consider myself an errantist sure you know i just i think saying the bible is inerrant is asking too much of the bible and it gets in the way of us actually seeing what's going on in the scriptures Mm -hmm. and what is actually true i think which is why i still for some reason i can't let go of think of an of inerrancy as the absolutionist position that is is completely correct in all aspects and of course there's so many examples that we we don't even have time to get into you know we we wanted to talk about you know how uh uh first and second chronicles and first and second samuel have different they're telling the same story and then they document it completely different like second second chronicles mm, does right. not have goliath killing and that was i was trying to remember that today because i wanted to look into that and yeah. i Totally failed to do that. <laughs> the one I did look into is because you brought up slavery last time, and that was one of them I did want to talk about. But it's like, oh my gosh, we're so close on time. <laughs> um, let's do. Do that, we have time to talk? Do about that it? conversation real quick, and then I'll wrap up some stuff. Okay, because yeah. this also, if you guys, if you guys read it as well, this is kind of my rebuttal to it. Um, one of the resources that you gave on the last ep- on the last um, episode part mm-hmm. of this, and so I don't remember it entirely. But I wrote it. Down, I wrote down my rebuttals to it. Um, let me find it here. So basically, he was correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, the writer was saying that um, the Bible is is wrong, or it has contradictions. I'll say that. That's a better way to say it. It's contradictory because it of the way it talks about slavery. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? I think. Uh- I think the the Hebrew scriptures in the New Testament speak differently of slavery, and I think they're both wrong. Okay, so I would agree with half of that. I I I agree they speak about it differently, but 
one of the problems that I have with it, and one of the problems I had with the way the guy wrote, is he never bothered to define or look into the words. He just looked at the word slavery and said, that's bad. And I would agree, based on my interpretation of that word. But he never, from what I read, he never bothered to spend the time to look into what did that mean to them? What, What were they talking about? Yeah. And so this is kind of what I wrote from my research from it. And it's saying that biblical slavery is not how we currently think about it. It is indentured servitude, which is different. And it's caused more. And so here's the thing. So it's caused more by poverty. And so here's where I'll I'll go into it. And so you're shaking your head no, but it's like that was the view of it. It was more of like you're indebted to this person. There's a debt you owe to this person, and that's a way of you need to repay your debt. And that that's... You can say no, but that's what it means to them back then. And here's the difference, and I'm basing this on Old Testament. I'm not talking about New Testament right now because it's very different. Um, this in Deuteronomy is what I'm referring to because that's the one that people like to go to is that this is God setting up a nation, and there's ways, one verse in particular I'll go into, that we totally misunderstand what it's even talking about. So... Yeah. So <laughs> uh where is it? Well, I'll I'll say this first. So Exodus 21:16. Um I don't know why I don't have the verse written down. I'm sure I meant to go back to it. <laughs> um but basically in this verse it talks about kidnapping and it talks about the the severity of of kidnapping. How how serious of an offense that is. Um and in this it's referring to any kind of kidnapping for the terms for the terms of um, if it's sexual slavery, if it's um, the slavery in typical that we typically think about it, um, and it's saying that this is an ex- executable offense by capital punishment, which is a whole other conversation we, I'd love to talk about with you. Um, but this is the way it's set up. So this would be this would make a new this would make new world slavery completely impossible in the in the ways that it talks about in the Old Testament. So even if you were found in possession of a kidnapped person you would still be executed. So it's saying like if you kidnap someone, that's that that means you're given the death penalty. If you're found with someone who is kidnapped, if you're in possession of that person, you're also guilty of that same crime. So it's kind of showing like how how the the way slavery and the way we think about it now wasn't even allowed back then. The or not allowed, but there's there's a severe punishment to it. So they're not even talking about the same thing. If someone owned back in Old Testament, Old Testament Israel, if someone owned a slave, they would be they would be given the death penalty for that. Slave in this in the sense that we think about it today. So I feel like that's one of the ways we can see it's like they're talking about something very different. I agree that the nature of slavery from how we understand it today, from how America employed slavery Mm -hmm. and the slavery that they talk about in the Old and New Testaments, the nature is different. Yeah. But they're both so, so, so immoral and wrong. And I want to say about God that God does not enslave and neither should we. God sets free and so should we. So... You're saying it's wrong based on what? Because slavery dehumanizes under any circumstance. How so? Because it lessens the humanity of the individual who is put into slavery. So 
um, I'll use a different word. I'll use servitude because that's more appropriate to what it's even talking about. So that would even be saying in the sense of this isn't a perfect example, but you committed a crime and you need to now go and do community service. That's a form of servitude. Community service is a whole different story than even jail, even prison time, <laughs> you know? True. But it's definitely in the sense different of like, from slavery. But that's you're saying slavery with the way we view it today. That that's the way you're going into it. But it's like, oh, you're you're in debt now to the community because you committed this offense. Paul, and I, now you need to pay for it. Paul, I feel like you're erasing so much history. The 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 reason the Israelites were in slavery to Egypt was not at all what you're saying. And that's not reason, what I'm talking about. And the reason the Israelites enslaved people was not at all how you're saying either. But that's the Israelites, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're okay. Go for it. Go for it. The Israelites enslaved people the same way that Egypt enslaved them. They would conquer nations and then enslave, take slaves as a prize. So I, 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 it I don't have a way to back it up. But I do disagree it, with you. It doesn't even matter. Slavery is wrong. I don't care what the nature of it is. It lessens the humanity of another person in that it, it doesn't give a vision for restoration. And therefore, it is against the way of God. So, this is this is where it's tough because I agree with the way that we would define it today, in the way that even Egypt enslaved the Israelites. I would agree with you on that completely. But the way that God sets it up in the Old Testament is completely different. I feel like even using the word slavery is completely wrong because that's not what it is. And so it's it's t- the word is very inflaming, and I agree with that. It's a tough word to use because the way that we view it, and it's a good view of it because slavery is terrible. But the way it's set up, the way it's understood, in the way God established this his, Israel in that time, is completely different than what we're talking about. And I know it's a tough way because it's, and your response is fair. I think it's it'd be good to spend more time on, but I think in the sense of we need to define what we're talking about. And that's where that's where the disagreement is, because the understanding that we have is is different. I I I'm not sure that's it because I that's not what God is like. I, I agree. I don't care how you define slavery. Anything that is and I know this my definitions are going to go beyond even mm-hmm. a moderate stance. Anything that is punitive without restoration is not what God is like. God is restoring all things. I agree. He's reconciling all things. Mm-hmm. And if, if, <laughs> you know, I 100% agree with you. And that's why I'm saying that the word we use there when we look at Exodus or Deuteronomy isn't a good word. It's not the right word. Because there is restoration inside of that. It's it's paying back because you're not you're not a servant forever. You're not in servitude forever even in the way God defines it. Because that's not how it worked back then. That's not how it worked. I shouldn't say back then. It worked in God the way God established Israel. But we know it's wrong today. We know even that was wrong today. Even if you don't want to define that as slavery, we know that was wrong today as far as like you repay your debts in the way they were repaying their debts 
So I mean, what do you what do you mean by that? Because you're saying that, but the way it was, Paul, when when somebody wrongs you, you don't say, "Hey, that's fine. Just serve me for five years, and we'll we'll say it's cool." You don't do that, and that's definitely not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is, "Oh, you wronged me. I forgive you." It's always radical forgiveness, and you can go go ahead and say that that doesn't help the person become better. And I agree. There, mm-hmm. are, there are certain ways to forgive in a way that it makes sure that the person is set up for a better future rather than a worse. I think that is true forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But the response is always forgiveness. At the, the same second that somebody wrongs you is the same second that God is forgiving. So in that, because in, in the sense I agree, God does forgive people who don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We don't, none of us deserve it. But the counter to that is what about the what about the uh, the Pharisees when they when they when they made a mockery of the temple, God didn't say I forgive you. No, he threw tables over. That was an act of forgiveness. How is that an act of forgiveness? Because he was telling them how they were missing the mark, and he was standing up for the people that they were oppressing. <laughs> so in that sense, how is saying hey you owe me something, so I'm going to forgive your debt over a period of time how is that not forgiveness instead of saying hey you wronged me i'm gonna kill you right now because in saying like hey if you if you if you help me around the house for a few for a few years your debt will be forgiven because often that payment doesn't restore them to where they were it leaves them off worse it's like think of prisoners today People that go to jail today, people that serve time in prison, are they better off when they get out or are they worse? Well, that's a different conversation. No, it's the same content. No, no, it's, it's not. The same it's not essence. because in Israel it was a different view. When a slave needed help, if, if so, for example, if a slave, if if a, if a, a master, a slave, or a servant owner, first I'm using these words. I don't like these words. If that person was harmful, if they if they mistreated them in any way, and they fled someone else. If they were out, that the other people in Israel required to help them. If they were like, "Hey, I need a house," like, "Okay, cool, we'll set you up." That's how that's how God established it. That's how it was established in that time. We're jumping all over the place. <laughs> this is, has nothing to do with inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> As we close up, I just want to read one more scripture. Mm-hmm. In John, chapter five. It's verses 39 through 40. Jesus says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So forget inerrancy, inspiration, whatever the essence of scripture is. If your love of Scripture, if your worship of Scripture gets in the way of you getting closer to Jesus, the Scriptures have failed you, Hmm. and you've allowed it. Whether or not the Scriptures are perfect, whether or not the Scriptures have contradictions, you allow them to not point you toward Christ 
you've read wrongly. Hmm. You haven't read well. Hmm. So think on who Christ is and think on what the scriptures should point you to. And that's all. That's all I had to say. Yeah. I want to say one more thing. Go for it. We jumped down a crazy trail. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I feel I feel I feel guilty right now because Trey and I are not in the same place. Our responses are are different based on what I was saying, based on what we're talking about. We jumped down a little rabbit trail that I didn't expect to go completely down. <laughs> um, I'm really mad right now. I know. And I feel it. And I, I'm I'm getting emotional right now too. And yeah, because our we're in a different place right now. <laughs> and I'm I I feel guilty because of not because of what I said, but because of how I said it. Hmm. I'm sure I should, I should, I'm sure I could have presented my arguments better and I could have I, responded better. I didn't expect this response, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my fault. And I'm sorry for that. Um and part of the reason I'm doing this on air too, part of the reason I'm doing this, dang it, I'm crying. <laughs> part of the reason I'm doing this on our episode is because of this, is regardless of our views of what we're talking about right here, you're still, you're still an imager of Christ and I love you for that. And, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is something that we've responded to completely differently and that we're, I'm crying over right now. I've got tears rolling down my face. <laughs> but regardless of that, I still love you, Trey. Regardless that we disagree. Because you're created in the image of God. That's why I love you. That's why I love who you are. And I love your thoughts. And I love your experiences. Even though I don't agree with all of them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And that's why we're here. Regardless of where you end up with someone, it shouldn't ultimately, ultimately loving that person well is more important than if you won an argument or not. Yeah. Whether someone thought you did a better job presenting your evidence than another person, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sure, there's a place for that. But ultimately, loving loving you well, loving someone else well is... I, I believe is one of the most that's the second most important thing <laughs> I would say it's equal to the most important thing. <laughs> but that's that's important and I think that's where I think that's where I want to end it right here and I I'll let you have the last words in there yeah well of course I want to say I love you too <laughs> and you have in your wrongness <laughs> And in my wrongness, <laughs> and both of our falling short, you have been Christ to me, hmm. and I hope I've been Christ to you. Yeah. I love you, man. I love you, too. And I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Hopefully, you won't be crying. <laughs>